Hello, welcome to the Lean of Plants podcast. My name is Chelsea, and if you are struggling to lose weight on a plant-based diet, then this podcast is for you. While there are thousands of books, podcasts, and resources about the benefits of a plant-based diet, the reality is that being vegan does not guarantee losing weight. If you are feeling frustrated and confused about where to start, or you know exactly what you should be doing, but you just can't seem to rustle up enough willpower to do it, then keep listening. In this podcast, you'll learn the truth about plant-based weight loss, but just as importantly, how to use proven methods of behavioral change to turn what you know into lifelong habits that lead to getting and staying lean. Can't wait to get started. Let's do this. Hello, hello, welcome back to the Lean of Plants podcast, or if it's your first time, welcome. I always say at the start of the episodes that I'm excited to get talking to you. Today, I'm honestly not super excited, and it kind of comes in with the topic that we're going to be talking about, and that is how I cope in survival mode and really how to not let stress derail your progress. And so the reason that I'm not super super excited is because I've just been dealing with a lot of stress recently I feel like I've been just a bit in survival mode and I wanted to share with you how I keep going in that how I avoid weight gain how I still keep my habits relatively in check enough for me to maintain how I take a bit of a pause sometimes but I don't kind of pendulum swing back to where I was because I think it's so important to not give up every time that you're in crisis mode or you're just trying to survive what's going on and that your emotions are running rampage because if you don't know how to actually get through that in a a way that is in line with your priorities and, and your values, not just influenced by your emotions in that moment, then you're always going to be a slave to them. You're not ever going to be able to see consistent progress or maintain the progress because the bottleneck to that will be your emotional state and really factors outside of your control, like what's happening in the world. And because emotions are fickle, because we always go through some kind of crisis, it's so vastly important that we know how to deal with that well. There's just no way to avoid it. So we have to be able to deal with it in a productive, proactive way. And that's all what we're going to, that's what that's what we're going to talk about today. And I'm going to leave in some of that stuff because yeah, it's what it is. So I wanted to give a little bit of a backstory for this and how do I even start? Over the past few weeks, it's really been over the past month, but Honestly, I think just the fact that we're now two years on from the pandemic and life has just completely changed. And I don't know what it's like for you where you are in the world. Maybe you've gone through the peak and you've had COVID and now things are kind of restrictions are lifting and you're kind of going back to normal or the new normal or you're, you know, you've you've got COVID right now, or you're just dealing with a ton of restrictions, and or you're you're struggling because of what's happening in Ukraine, and just all of the heaviness that's that's existing. I think we're all kind of feeling it, and 
for myself over the past couple of weeks, more specifically the past month, I have been very influenced, I would say, by external factors that are outside of my control in terms of what's been happening in New Zealand. And I don't want to go into tons of detail about what that is. This is not what the podcast is about. But I've been feeling very stressed. I've been feeling um, like we're at a breaking point as a country. I've been feeling fed up with what's happening in our country. The response to things. uh, Just injustices that I see. And my obviously I have my own biases towards all of that. And it has... It has felt, I've felt extremely torn because on one hand, there's my day-to-day life, my eating habits, my running, my children, my, my family that I have immediate control over and I have immediate influence over. And then there's all these huge things happening in the world and this kind of fatigue about just how much has changed and all of this crap that's going on. And honestly, It's felt like these big external things that I have like zero control over, really, and extremely limited influence. It's felt like those things are more important than me eating a broccoli or me ordering, you know, or creating healthy food. Because it's like, this is like so, so important. This is world news. This is, this is injustices in the world. This is my country that I care about. And it's like, how can I focus on eating healthy right now and going and actually looking after myself? And I felt like I was just kind of at the end of my capacity to cope with work and focusing on that. My focus was really low. Eating healthy, I was just definitely ordering a lot more Domino's. And I didn't really know how to deal with this on a public level. I was dealing with it kind of privately and because I, for better or for worse, I've, I've made decisions that I don't want to detract from this message, which is about weight loss and about habits and really getting really clear on what's going to help that because I'm not a news source, right? And you don't need all my personal biases because that's not why you're here listening to me. So for better or worse, I'd made that decision that I wasn't really going to address a lot of things and I um, So I'm in this business mastermind, I've talked about it a little bit before, and someone was just saying, we're kind of like talking about this, and someone just said, you know what, you don't have to say what you believe about everything, but at least you can acknowledge the fact that a lot of people are feeling heavy right now, like a lot of people are in a funk, a lot of people are feeling like they're struggling to cope because of everything that's happening in the world and how that's affecting them to varying degrees on a personal level. And so I was like, yeah, that that makes sense. Like I actually do want to acknowledge this. So I put it out on there on my Instagram that I was feeling this way. And so many of you got back to me and said, hey, I'm feeling the same. And I had so many people reach out and say, I'm struggling to eat healthy because I just feel like I'm in survival mode. I'm so struggling to focus because I'm so stressed, I'm so anxious and all of this stuff is just overwhelming and I felt the same and I was like, hang on a minute, we're probably all feeling varying degrees of this and what do we do? What do we do about that? So (laughs) 
I think it's really okay. First and foremost, that's the first thing I want to do here is just acknowledge that it's okay to feel stressed right now. It's okay to feel a bit overwhelmed, to feel a sense of heaviness and guilt and anxiety and just burden for the world at large and people you know and just fatigue over real, real like issues guys over the past couple of years like can you actually believe that we're two years on from the start of the pandemic and we are nowhere near getting close to normal like I don't know what normal is ever going to be and that that hurts I feel like at this point it's kind of like it's grief over life that I took for granted like I really took life in New Zealand for granted three years ago and I never ever saw the changes that were going to take place because of the pandemic and then what would happen just after that and I I never saw that coming and I think we're all feeling that on some level a grief that there maybe there isn't a going back and that's okay all right if you're feeling that if you are struggling a bit if you are just not knowing how to navigate that and that is affecting your day-to-day life, that's okay. You are not alone. It's okay. Here's the thing though. If we're letting, and I'm talking to myself here, I'm preaching to the choir, if we're letting stress and anxiety and just all of these feelings, if we're letting them impact in a an ongoing negative way, how we deal with our own lives and our ability to cope, if they hijack that, to even to the point where you can't eat healthy or I can't do that, then we need an effective strategy to deal with that. Because the world is going to continue on some level to be somewhat screwed up right? There is always going to be crap happening in your immediate sphere of kind of what's happening around you and also at large. So we have to have a strategy to deal with that. And I was thinking about this and it really got me thinking about the book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, which was written by Stephen Covey and it is one of the most impacting books that I've ever read. This was actually the first book that I read about personal development and it radically changed how I viewed personal responsibility. So he talks in there about like the first habit, which is be proactive. That's the first of the seven habits of highly effective people. And proactivity is really about taking radical responsibility for your response. He talks about the fact that responsibility is actually two words that show that you have response ability. That is the ability to respond. So anything that is acting upon you, whether that is something external or internal, something that someone says to you, your uh, your boss, your kids, your spouse, someone writing laws that seem unjust, the pandemic, the weather, Right, All of those things are external stimuli. And then you also have internal stimuli, which maybe is your genetics. It's your emotions. It's your how you feel about something. Those are things that are all acting upon you. 
And you have varying degrees of control, but for the most part, you don't have much control over those things. You don't have control over the weather. You have none. Like you have zero control over the weather. You have zero influence over the fact that COVID is here. Okay. Those are things outside of your control. They act on you. You don't control them, but you always have the ability to respond. You have the response ability. And that is our freedom. It's something that no one can take away from us. And there's this awesome story in the book uh, about a guy called Viktor Frankl, who was a psychologist. And he was... He, but he went into a prison camp during the Holocaust. He lost all his family members. And he'd, I, I haven't actually read his book. I've just read some of his stories. And his book is called Man's Search for Meaning. And apparently it's really, really good. So that's, it's definitely on my audible list. I just haven't gotten around to listening to it yet. But what he realized was that he could not, he could not change all these horrible things that were happening to him he could not change the fact that his freedom had been taken away his family had been killed he'd been taken out of his home he couldn't choose any of those things but he still had freedom to choose his response that he no matter what happened to him no matter how much was taken away from him, he could choose his response. And so he decided that he was going to choose a response based on his values, regardless of what people were doing to him and the circumstances around him. That is the definition of radical responsibility. And it is a an indicator of being a proactive person. And the thing about being a proactive person is it doesn't mean that you are not influenced by external stimuli, but it means that you take responsibility for your response and that your response is based on things that are more important to you than just reaction. All right. You're not controlled by the stimuli. You act in accordance with your values and your priorities so that you are you have response responses that are in line with what matter to you they're not reactive and that's that's a pretty radical way of looking at life because i think most people are reactive and i was extremely reactive so eleanor roosevelt has this quote and she said no one can hurt you without your consent and I think obviously someone can hurt you without your consent. This is talking on a, an, an emotional level or through words or something like that. Like we, that's an, an external stimuli. When someone says something to you, you have the response ability to choose how you respond to that and whether that is going to impact how you act. Okay. So I, I have re- really seen that productivity uh, has changed my life and I wanted to talk a little bit about that because I was incredibly depressed at the start of um, my marriage because five months into it Nick was diagnosed with MS and I had thought that I was going to have this happily ever after I'd built this up in my mind that that was really the future that I was owed not only that, about a month after Nick was diagnosed with MS and I was, I felt like I was just coping, like literally holding on by a thread 
with his diagnosis, I found out that I was pregnant and I really, really did not want to be pregnant. And I was miserable. Like I can, I, I lost it. I lost the plot in that, in those next few months. And it it really did actually continue for a couple of years. I was very, I very much just lost a will to live. I thought that it would be better to die (laughs) than it would be to just live this life that wasn't my perfect fantasy. It wasn't what I wanted. I felt like I'd been cheated out of all of these things that I was owed, like a, you know, a a healthy husband and having time without kids and being able to choose when I had kids and all of this kind of thing. And so I really chose a, I, I chose to react miserably to that stimuli that I had. And so I had just the worst response possible to that because I felt like I had, I was hopeless. I felt like I couldn't change the situation and I couldn't, I couldn't change the fact that Nick had MS and I couldn't change the fact that I had gotten pregnant. Those two things were in the past. They'd already happened. All I could choose was how to respond to it. And I gave that power away and I reacted and I reacted in just a a way that was hurting me and making me absolutely miserable, taking away my will for life and also was making it really, really hard for people around me. And the thing is, that was a really formative experience for me. And I think I'm actually grateful now that I went through that because it exposed a lot of a lot of things that were inside that I hadn't been able to see, a lot of selfishness that I had there. And I really got a glimpse for unconditional love over that period because of how my family treated me as a response, how Nick treated me. And I, I'm a Christian. I I believe in God and I just felt I just felt a lot of love. Like I, I in retrospect it was like, wow. I didn't deserve that. I didn't deserve grace. And I, and I really felt like I had. So I don't regret that experience. But at some point, it kind of like got better incrementally. I think like time heals a lot of wounds. But over, at the, kind of towards the end of when I would say I was depressed, I, I started to read this book. And I had a lot of other experiences that contributed to this as well. And I realized that I was choosing to be miserable as a response to a horrible situation and that I could either choose to react miserably and that that was going to make me, my life really suck or that I could choose to have trust and gratefulness. It was a choice between misery and anxiety and gratefulness and joy. And that was my choice. No one, no circumstance actually had taken that away. It was my response that had taken that away. And that I actually could choose to be a proactive person. And there's this great line in the book where he talks about there being a gap between the the stimuli and the response. And that really stood out to me. It started to make me realize that anything that happened to me, there was this there was this moment in time or there was this this concept of a gap there that i could kind of gather myself and go actually how am i going to respond to this and i can honestly say that 
that idea is part of the reason that you're listening to this podcast now. It is it has changed my life in so many ways because I started to take radical responsibility after that. I started to look to find moments of joy in my life instead of focusing on the negative because that's a choice as well, right? You know, all the things that are happening in the world right now, everything that you're feeling in your life, are you focused on those things? Are you dwelling on those things or are you being intentional about finding moments of joy? And I I had to get to this point where I realized, you know what, there are a lot of things that are intrinsically sucky about my life. The fact that my husband has a condition that is going to get worse. We'll do the best that we can in that, but the prognosis is not good. And that, that was really, that's really the worst thing, honestly. Uh, I'm super, super grateful now that I had Riley, my daughter, uh, even though I didn't want to at that time because I've got two beautiful girls now. And if I had awaited, I probably wouldn't have been able to have kids. So I'm incredibly grateful that that, was, that happened to me. But in terms of Nick, like that sucks. It's just an all-out sucky situation. There's so many times where you kind of realize again, okay, this is, you know, this is hard. Like this is, this is getting worse and you just have to choose to choose and see the joy in things because I can focus so much on the things outside of my control, like how the future is going to look. Or I can go, you know, that time that we spent sitting on the couch, chatting and laughing, that was beautiful. That is what I want to focus on like gratefulness I really believe is a choice and gratefulness kind of centers centers us back in the things that really matter and that we that really influence our lives being okay or being not okay and so much of the time we get focused on those things that are outside of our control and we forget to realize like you can choose gratefulness and then you can appreciate those little moments of joy. Like holding your kid's hand as you walk down the street. How a fresh peach tastes. Uh, the, just the fact that you have the ability to go and get takeout and drive through, go through a drive through. Like there's so many people in the world that don't have that. Like that is such a privilege that we have. It's such a privilege that we can buy fresh fruit and vegetables and that we have the information that we know that that's a good thing to do. Like all of these things, we can, we have the ability to go, yay me, I get to eat a vegetable. I get to cook a healthy meal for myself and I have the empowered knowledge to know what that looks like and I have the resources to buy that. Or we can go, oh, I wish that I could eat a burger right now. It's so sad that I have to diet and I have to just, no. Like we're choosing that response. And it doesn't mean that it's not hard. It doesn't mean that there's, you know, that it's not about ignoring it. And I think this is really key. Taking radical responsibility is not ignoring the fact that a lot of those things happening to you genuinely suck. But it's about making a conscious decision that you're not going to let those things rule your life. You're going to choose to act in a way that is actually in in accordance with your values in spite of that. It doesn't diminish them, all right? In some ways, it actually, it, it doesn't diminish them. It just elevates you. 
And that's why people like Viktor Frankl and Corrie ten Boom and all these people that went through World War II. <laughs> like, it's why that we look up to them because they dealt with so much and they still chose a beautiful, forgiving, loving response. Like, that's why we look up to them. It's, it didn't diminish what happened to them. And you choosing to act proactive, like, proactively does not diminish the crap that you're going through. One of the things that he as well talks about in uh, this kind of idea of proactivity is that you have spheres of influence and there's some things that you have influence on and then there's other things which you have absolutely none or you have and there's something you're very limited all right so if you think about this and you were to draw a circle and you can go pause this episode and do it I recommend it if you if you don't know what the spheres of influence are pause it go get a piece of paper and then draw for yourself or imagine a circle and in this circle is your sphere of concern And that's all the things that you're concerned about. And outside the circle is all the things that you're not concerned about. Probably a lot of them are just because you don't know they exist, all right? Or you've chosen or you just really don't care about them. The things within your circle of concern, there can be a lot of things in there, right? That could be the weather and wondering if it's going to be rainy tomorrow when you've planned to go for a picnic. It could be the, the politics in your country. It could be the fact that you want to lose weight. It could be your spouse, it could be your kids, it's the future. It's so, so many things within your circle of concern. And then within that circle of concern, you have a smaller circle, which is your circle of influence. And these are the things that you actually have some ability to influence the outcome for. The weather is not in there, the politics are not in there, most likely. (laughs) Uh, Wars in other countries, most likely not in there. you actually have a very small circle of influence. So what most people do in these moments of stress, and this is what I was doing, is that all my energy was focused on those things. It was not in my circle of influence, but it was in my circle of concern. And what happens when you focus on that area of concern rather than your circle of influence is that your circle of influence actually shrinks. And isn't this funny that the times where we are you know, we lose the most control over our own lives is the times when we're so focused on things outside of our control. It's like when you focus so strongly on those things that you can't impact, you start to feel hopeless and powerless because you can't change them. And then that means that you also have less ability to influence your own circle. And that's your own health, your home, your family, your personal choices, because you've given all your energy to a cause that you you can't influence at all. So your circle of concern actually grows in that instance while your circle of influence shrinks. It's like this shrinking circle and all it is is because you're focusing your energy on your circle of concern rather than your circle of influence. And this is what can happen a lot when you're in kind of a survival mode or crisis mode that is influenced by things outside of your control. Proactive people, on the other hand, focus their time and their energy on things within their circle of influence, not on things outside of their circle of influence. And remember, that does not mean that those things are not important. It does not mean that injustice is happening 
in the world are not valid and important. It just means that you focus on the things that you can control and that's where you put your energy. And the crazy thing about that is that when you do that in a way with radical responsibility, your sphere, circle, sphere, I couldn't even say it for a sec, your sphere of influence actually starts to grow so that you start to actually expand what you have influence over that might concern you. The more you take responsibility and deal with the little things, the more you can deal with the bigger things. Like, is, like that is just such a fundamental human principle that when you're responsible in the little, you can be responsible in the big. And that's what we need to do if we want to get out of crisis mode and we want to deal with these kind of stresses well. So I think at this moment, we need to actually be asking myself, and I've had to ask myself this, am I honestly asking that question, am I focusing on the circle of influence right now, or am I focusing on that circle of control, or that sphere, whatever, circle, sphere, I don't care. And what I realized is that I was so conflicted about some of these things, because I did have limited, I did had limited, very, very limited influence. And this is another thing, I think that sometimes we think we have more influence over things outside of, within our circle of concern that are actually mostly outside of our circle of influence than we, we really do. Like, isn't that funny? I'll give you an example. Isn't it funny how we get wrapped up in sharing a post about something or commenting on Facebook about our opinions on something and thinking that that's like super, super important to do? I'm talking to myself here, guys. That that seems more important than actually cooking a healthy meal for you and your family. Isn't that kind of funny? That is going to have very, very limited influence over anyone. But you cooking a healthy meal for your family, like that has direct influence over you and the people in your sphere of influence. One seems important, one doesn't seem as important. So this is really this is really interesting because I was feeling like I had so much buy-in to these things that I could very, 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 very limited influence. And when I actually am realistic, no influence, okay? No influence at this point. And so I was had this strong kind of emotional connection to things that were outside of my control. And I had more connection and guilt to those things because they were bigger things than the things that were inside my influence. And I think this is what happens in the kind of the time that we're in and what's happening in the world. And it's going to be different for different kind of sets of crises because a lot more are really, really close to home. And that, that might be slightly different. But what I think happened in this instance for me, and maybe you're the same, is that my little issues didn't seem important compared to the big issues out there that I couldn't control. The little things that I could control didn't seem very important. So they didn't seem like a priority. So my filter for caring about them and prioritizing them was, well, you know what? My eating healthy is not as important as what's happening in my country on a political level. Or that's, that feels more important. And it, like, honestly, probably it is, <laughs> right? Like war is more important than you trying to lose weight. Like that is more important. But... That's not the filter that we need to be applying to whether we put focus on it. 
the filter that we need to apply is not which is more important, therefore which do I focus on? The filter is which do I have influence over? And that's the thing that you focus on. And it's not, it's still a hierarchy. It's not just do I have influence over or do I not? It's what do I have most influence over? And I have to put my energy on what I have most influence over first. So that means practically that before you try to change your mother-in-law, which yeah, maybe you have a little bit of influence over, it means you first of all choose to change yourself. It means before you start trying to change your children, you first change yourself or your spouse. Yes, you have influence over them, but you've got to choose to influence yourself first. So it's kind of like this bullseye on an old-fashioned dartboard or I just think of Robin Hood in the, in the Disney kids movie and Robin Hood dresses up as a stork and he wants to win the kiss from Maid Marian and he got, they have this archery competition. He enters the archery competition. Let me know if you remember the story. And he's trying to get the bullseye. And the bullseye is like our, our own choices and how we respond as individuals. And really, that's where we need to put our focus before we put it anywhere else. It doesn't matter if other things seem more important. It's about taking proactive, radical responsibility for your response in those things that are most directly connected to you. And I believe that this is one of the most important paradigm shifts that we can have for weight loss, for habit building, for exercising, for literally anything, because you start to say, I'm actually going to choose to focus on changing myself first. And then I'm going to ask and get creative of all the ways that I can do that. I am not going to put the responsibility for my outcomes and I'm not going to put the the blame for why I haven't achieved that on something outside of my control and something that I can't influence. Because what happens is we start to blame those things and we start to say, I can't do this because of that. No, you get to choose your response. What can you respond or how can you respond now? That's your choice. There's that gap there between stimuli and your response. And you always get to choose that. So you get to become someone who has influence over how you respond and then influence over others. And then possibly you get to influence the world at large. But I mean, most of us really just need to learn to influence ourselves before we even go anywhere near that. I just wanted to share with you a few uh, different examples of how a proactive versus a reactive person would talk. And you'll start to see how this is so impacting. And it's really just this mindset shift on how you problem solve and how you deal with stresses and crises in your life. So reactive kind of language would be, I'm too stressed to eat healthy. Sound familiar? (laughs) Proactive language would be, what are the ways I can make healthy eating easier in moments of stress? So that's, you can see that that's taking responsibility for the response to stress. Whereas this one is blaming stress, I'm too stressed to eat healthy, for why you couldn't respond in a certain way, which is BS, obviously. Reactive language could be, my hormones are making it impossible for me to lose weight. Proactive language would be, I can learn how to get into a calorie deficit and get consistent. That's taking responsibility for the outcome, for the things within your control. If you have something like a pre-existing condition that affects your hormones or if you're over 60 or you're premenopausal, like all of those things are outside your sphere of 
influence, right? Your age is outside your sphere of influence. So you don't need to focus on it. Stop focusing on it. Start focusing on the things that you can do. You can get into a calorie deficit. You can learn to do that and you can get consistent. When you get proactive, you actually get the outcomes that you want too because you take that responsibility that responsibility onto yourself to actually make that happen rather than waiting around for someone to do that for you or for all of the situations to be right and the external stimuli to somehow make that happen. It doesn't work that way. Another example of reactive language could be my kids make me buy processed food. Proactive language would be I choose what I buy. Reactive language is I have to do that. Proactive language is I choose to act consistently with my priorities and values. Reactive language is I can't eat that. And proactive language is I choose not to eat that. This is like a little kind of pet peeve of mine. I hate it when people say to me, oh, you can't, can you eat that? And I'm like, yeah, heck yeah, I can eat that. I choose not to. (laughs) Little things, guys, they're little things, but they are an indication of whether you see yourself as a proactive person or a reactive person. And whether you see your ability to respond as a real thing or whether you think that you are solely influenced by external stimuli. Reactive language would be, I'm not allowed dessert. Proactive language would be, I prefer to prioritize my weight loss goals. (laughs) How crazy would that be if you stop saying, I can't have dessert or I can't eat after 7 p.m. or I can't eat that. And you instead started to say, I choose. Reactive language, if only I had their willpower. Does that sound familiar? Or if only I had their body or their age or whatever else. Proactive language would be, I will develop strong habits that get me to my goal. Proactivity is this big, big game changer, guys. And in light of everything that has happened in the world and what you are dealing with personally, I want to encourage you to choose to be a proactive person to choose to focus on your sphere of influence and to set things up to make that easier for you to do so and just as a little example of how I'm doing this at the moment is I stopped I stopped watching the news well I don't watch it anyway but I stopped reading the news and looking up the news because at this point I realized that was not helping me that was just putting too much energy on something outside of my control. And it doesn't mean I don't care. I care deeply about what's happening, but it doesn't help me be a proactive person at this point. It's little tiny things like that. Proactivity has changed my life and it really was realizing that I have the power to choose my response and that's the first step to changing that to me changing my life and it can be for you too. On a purely practical level, I think there are three key things that are helping me deal with stressful, the stressful time at the moment and still have a high level of consistency. So being a proactive person and seeing myself that way and understanding that paradigm shift is kind of the concept that allows me to live my life just so much better than I used to and to keep it in check, right? But practically, there's a couple of things. And I'm going to share them with you. Number one is to not over-identify with my thoughts. (laughs) And it's to distance myself from my emotions and stresses and to observe them rather than react to them. 
So what that means is that when I have moments of stress, and I have them a lot, guys, like I'm a pretty stressy person naturally. When I feel that feeling, I I try to distance myself from that feeling and observe it. So I go, hmm, okay, my brain right now, which is not me, it's just my brain, is thinking that I'm stressed. That's rather than going like, oh no, that's really bad. Like, oh no, I'm stressed. I'm anxious. I, I just go, hmm, that's interesting. And I try to observe that. And so I try to like distance myself from it and then think about that in a logical way. So I go, hmm, okay, I'm, I'm feeling stressed right now. I wonder why that would be. My brain, I don't even say I'm feeling stressed. I say my brain is feeling stressed or my brain is experiencing this or my brain is thinking this, not identifying with it. And then I go, okay, so why, what's the reason for this? Like in a curiosity way, not a non-judgmental way. And then I start to think about all the things that are contributing to my brain feeling stressed. And then because I've distanced myself from it a bit, I'm able to look at it a lot more logically. And I'm able to make decisions that are not so reactive to the stress And they're more proactive in terms of my values and what truth is as well. Because a lot of what stress is, is not actually true. For example, a lot of the time I feel stressed or my brain feels stressed because I haven't gotten what I consider enough work done in the day. Or there's something coming up and I feel like I'm not ready for it. And The reason that that becomes a stress point is that I go, well, if I haven't done X, Y, Z, that means X, Y, Z will happen. My business will fail. People will hate me. Uh, If I have a week off the podcast, like that's going to be really, really, really bad. And if I haven't created as much Instagram content, like that's going to be a slow decline into nothing. And I'm going to be like, these are real fears, guys. Like I'm laying this out on the table here. This is where my brain goes and this is why I, I feel like I have a lot of stress and my brain thinks that because there's these pathways of what could happen and it's all like this doom and gloom. But then I actually go, hang on a minute. Yes, those are feelings. Yes, those are stresses. But is that true? Is that actually going to happen? Is taking a week off creating Instagram content, is that going to matter two years from now? Is actually saying I'm not going to work at nights because I want to prioritize my family is that going to matter a year from now is that going to make or break my business or the people that are listening to me no okay well it's interesting then that my brain thinks that it's interesting that that's where it goes but I'm not I'm going to choose to not react to that because it's not true I'm going to choose to react in a way that I know to be true Because the stress, while it's legitimate, is not how I actually want to respond. So one of the things that I think has been so key has just been to distance myself and not overly identify with what my brain thinks on any given moment. Because this is another thing. If you're constantly just reacting to the thoughts that you have and the stresses that you have on an ongoing basis... Like that, that's a very reactive way to live. And most of the time we're just stuck in default thought patterns that aren't actually got anything to do with reality. So you've got to make a choice 
how do I want to act? Who do I want to be? And then identify if those thought patterns and those responses help you get there. And if they don't, you can ditch them. And it's not going to feel comfortable. That's the other thing as well. But how you feel about something, whether that causes you stress or whether that is, you know, acting in a way that is different from what you've done. And it's 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 going to, just because you feel stress about giving yourself a break, for example, or not going in an all-in, all-out mindset, eating a little bit of cake, but then saying no, like that might be really counter to what you've normally done or eating carbohydrates. That could give you a level of stress, but just because that gives you a level of stress does not mean that that stress is actually justified or that feeling is actually based on anything real. It's like the scales going up and then you go and have a binge because the scales went up for one day. It was like the response didn't justify the information, but it was a response, it was a reactive response to stress. And you get to make that decision to distance yourself from those thoughts and act in accordance with your priorities and your values and what you know to be true in spite of that. My daughter Riley always says this to me when she's in trouble. She always says, I feel like you don't love me anymore. And I just say to her, Riley, is that true? And she's like, I feel like it is. And I said, Riley, is that true? She's like, I feel like I'm like, well, your brain is not always going to be telling you the truth. I'm sorry to tell you that. You might feel this right now, but that does not make it true. So you get you get to choose whether you're going to listen to your brain telling you lies or you're going to acknowledge what truth is. And <laughs> I think I hope at some point that gets through to her, but I think that's I think that's helpful. Don't over-identify with your thoughts at any given time. Okay? Examine them with curiosity and distance yourself from them. Number two is to choose simple principles to follow. When you're in those moments of stress, you're gonna be less likely to have the energy because a lot of what you're fighting, like you're gonna it's gonna take a lot of energy to fight that, right? When you're stressed, even if you're doing all these things to help alleviate stress or act differently when you feel it, like it's still going to exist there, at least initially. You're still going to have that stimuli. So you want to make it as easy as possible for yourself to still do those things that you want to do. Eat healthily, get out and you know go for your walk, eat your vegetables, make your 50-50 plate, food prep, all the things that you know are going to help you to see results. You've got to make that easy so that you can follow through on it because you're going to have less energy to focus on that. So choosing simple principles to follow is what is going to help you to eliminate decision fatigue because that decisions take a lot of energy, guys. What I've done over the past couple of weeks is massively simplify my cooking system. I've got eight recipes up on the wall and I just choose from them because I have to simplify my cooking so that I actually do it. And they're pretty much all pressure cooker recipes. So I've made a principle for myself now where I need to cook off of that recipe sheet, off that inspo sheet, all right? And so by doing that and creating a simple principle, I've made it much more likely for me, for myself to stay consistent and that's making it easier for me to stay on track. This week, I made a very simple principle for myself that I wasn't going to eat anything fried or anything with oil in it until the weekend. And that might seem like a very 
simple thing to do, but that was the best that I could do to help me make progress. I did, was not eating a ton of veggies. I, you know, I could have chosen to do something like a potato reset. It would have been fine or eat more veggies. But I felt like simply being, saying to myself, don't eat anything fried or with oil until the weekend. That was doable. And it did make me have a better week. So you can choose simple principles to follow. They don't have to be all in or all out. It's just there to help you to make progress. And number three is to make things easier. And that's all about simplifying your system so that it is easier for you to succeed and harder for you to fail. Because if you think about the amount of energy that you have as this finite resource and there's things that you can do to increase it. But if you think about that in a way where every time that you have to make a decision, that's a bit of energy gone. Every time that you have to uh, say no to cake or think about what you're going to cook or stop giving into temptation or listen to the news and then be like super, super angry and then still be able to focus on work. Anytime that you're doing that, you are making it harder for yourself, right? So if you have got a way of simplifying that so that the energy needed to get the result you want in terms of your habits is simple, effortless, and easy and you can slip into those behaviors all the while making it harder for yourself to fail then it is much more likely in those moments of stress that you are going to follow through and this is actually the same for any time any time in your life and I'm not going to go super into this because last the last podcast episode I did was all about this concept how to make progress easier and working smarter not harder this is all about thinking about everything around you that contributes to your success as a system rather than you being the failure here if that's not working you fix the system rather than fixing yourself you remove the friction points to you becoming successful and you create barriers and obstacles to you failing and when you do this more and more and more then you are more likely to succeed. And I think that this is especially important when you are trying to cope because you're going to have to make your system even simpler, even easier than it ever was before. And I think that's through a combination of lowering your expectations of yourself in that moment and setting up your environment even better. So lowering expectations could be, you know what, I don't have to have perfect days. I don't have to cut out dessert. And this time I'm going to be focusing on this one little thing, a 50-50 plate, and I'm still going to be eating my dessert or I'm still going to be going out on weekends because that at the moment is doable for me and that is progress for me. Because the alternative is that I just throw in the towel and I, I binge eat because I'm, that's what I, that's my reactive response, right? So there are, it's working with what you feel like you have capacity for and it's focusing on the smallest or the closest fear of influence that you have and this is something that I believe is really really important when it comes to thinking about your sphere of influence is you've got things that are super super close to you right now that you can influence right now and you've got things that you will grow your influence in but it's going to take consistent time and it's going to take consistent reps for that influence to grow for example you have very very 
you have a, a lot of control right now. You have it's very very close to your sphere of influence to be able to go out and work, walk for two minutes a day. You can do that. Anyone can go. Well, not anyone. Not everyone can walk. I have a husband in a wheelchair. I should know this. But most people can get out every day and walk for two minutes. That is very directly in your sphere of influence. It might be less. It's still in your sphere of influence to go and run five kilometers today. But can you see that it's less in your sphere of influence? Because there's going to be some habits that require building for you to actually make that possible. That's at the stage that I'm at now where I've committed to run five kilometers a day and I'm actually staying consistent to that, which still kind of shocks me. But I had to build consistent habits first. I had to become someone that saw myself as consistent. And I did that through expanding my sphere of influence over myself and over my level of being able to keep making keep commitments to myself through repetition and through time and through getting consistency consistent so this there's no issue it's actually super positive for you to bring things back to something small and doable in the beginning and that's how you make things easier and simplify your system in those moments so to recap the most important thing that you can do is to start to see yourself as a proactive person. Recognize that between stimuli and response, there's a gap and that you can always choose your response, even if you can't choose the stimuli. You do not have to disregard those things that are big, awful, hefty things outside your control, but you don't have to focus on them doesn't make them less to not focus on them but it means that you have more influence over your own life and you start to actually grow that sphere of influence this is vitally important not only for weight loss but in every area of your life become a proactive person focus on your sphere of influence and really stop focusing on those things outside of your uh, circle of that are in your circle of concern but that you have no influence over and influence those things that are closest to your to who you are first your response is the most important thing to focus on first practically don't over identify with your thoughts instead get curious about them and distance yourself from them so that you can analyze them logically choose simple principles to follow make them as simple as they need to be they do not have to be as good as someone else's good being a subjective term, make them doable. Make things as easy and simple as possible and that might mean that you make some compromises and lower your expectations a little bit. But what that does is it allows you to build trust in yourself so that over time you can expand your circle of influence even over your own habits and your own commitment and the trust that you have in yourself. I hope that you've enjoyed this episode. I really wanted to start doing shorter episodes, but we've been 55 minutes. So I hope that this has been valuable, helpful, and useful for you. I would love to hear if you did find this valuable. Please leave me a review. It helps to let the podcast gods know that this is a, a great podcast, and it also helps me know what's working. And it's, I just am super grateful for all of you that have uh, left a review. I love reading the reviews every week. So thank you so much for that. All right, that's it. I will see you next week for another episode. And don't forget, if you want to know how to get consistent on a plant-based diet, how to build the kind of habits that we've talked about today and become a proactive person, then the best place to do that is the Lean of Plants program. This is the program that I created to help teach habits 
not just what to do for weight loss, but how to apply that, how to get consistent, how to get out of this perfectionism mindset that holds so many of us back to stop feeling like a failure and actually to make consistent progress because you start to build trust in yourself. You are not a failure. If you feel like you're failing so far, you just do not have those behavioral tools yet and you can learn them. If I can do it, anyone can and now hundreds of women in Lean of Plants have done the same. We will be opening it again on the 27th of April. So definitely get on the wait list if you want to join. We'd love to have you in the Lean of Plants family. All right, I'll see you next week for another episode.